Hey guys, welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Today I'm sitting down to talk with Stephanie from Lilu Cooks. Steph and I used to live in the same neighborhood in the city and this was a fun conversation and catch up for me, which I really needed. And Stephanie teaches virtual cooking classes and creates meal plans, very customized meal plans for busy families. So she has all the tips for us. We're going to talk about everything from food waste to recipe books and her new offerings in 2022. On her website, lilucooks.com, you can download her free guide for making cooking at home easier. And I highly recommend checking out her virtual cooking classes. If your kids have, you know, a PA day where they're off school and or home, (laughs) at the time of recording this, the kids may have been home check them out. My kids love cooking along with her and the themes and how she sets everything up. It's really, really great. If you're looking for a really creative way to do some team building, you know, virtually with people in your workplace, Steph might also be a great person to reach out to. And yeah, you can shop on her website. She has great recipes and I love her her real talk on Instagram too. You can follow her at Lilu Cooks. So thank you again, Stephanie, for joining us. And I hope you guys love this episode. Let us know what your inspired action is going to be, where you're listening from. Tag me and Steph. We'd love to know what your takeaways are. You're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites. And we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. All right. Welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. And today I'm here with Stephanie. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. So Stephanie lives in my old neighborhood in the city and she has a beautiful business helping women. I mean, I don't want to tell everybody what you do, but to me, you help us be more prepared with making healthy meals for our family. And I think when it comes to like, like meal plans, and I know you offer so much more than that. You really get it. Like you understand that we're not going to necessarily have three hours to go into the kitchen on Sunday to prep. So yeah, you have a very unique style and I'm excited today to talk about the meal plans, to talk about like running a business and all this craziness and talk about like all your online stuff too. My kids very fondly remember learning to make all the food that you showed them how to make during, I think it was like when there was a lockdown. It was a March break. Like I'm wearing yeah. break or no, it's a, I don't even know what year it is right now. So it's, <laughs> it's probably, it was probably like April break or like a PAD or something. You know what? I always have like, okay, if we're going to like switch things up or I need to like, I feel like just Halloween, my son's birthday, the holidays, like there was a lot more sweets than normal over the last couple of months. So I'll find myself going to your website to see what you're offering because I could teach them to make pizza or a smoothie, but 
it doesn't have like the same clout as when you teach them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always the parents that, yeah, somebody else is telling them what to do. They're going to listen more. Right. Okay. Tell us how, like, tell us about your career journey and like how you got to this business, this beautiful business. You want the whole thing? (laughs) Well, no highlights. Tell us what you think. So my, I started off actually as a journalism grad. I went to Ryerson for journalism, but I actually never became a journalist. And there was reasons for that, but I, that I won't get into. But my first job out of school was public relations. So my dream job was to be a PR person for a software company. So that I got it. I got that dream job, you know, PR, software, whatever. And I'm not quite sure what I was thinking. Like, I'm not sure, like, why I thought that was a dream job, but it's a dream job for a lot of people. And I did really enjoy it. I did that for eight years. And in 2006, I started to work at home because our company was acquired. So they said, you either move to Waterloo or you stay at home. So I've been working at home since 2006. So this working at home thing is not very different for me, but it has, it has opened up a lot of opportunities to kind of do things at home that maybe you wouldn't be able to do, you know, if you're in an office of commuting. So that's one of the things to think about when you talk about like simplicity, right? But yeah, so then I I had my kids. I quit that job and I was at home with my kids for a long time. And the, where this the nutrition kind of focus started was that my my son had severe eczema all over his body. And I run my life a lot through intuition. And there was something in me that said, there is more to this than just giving my kid steroid cream. Like there has to be something else. Like, so I started to do some research and I just found out that certain things I could take out of my, like my diet while I was nursing him would help him. And so it kind of opened up this whole huge thing into the nutrition world. And in 2009, this is actually before my son was born, actually, but in 2009, I took a course, an in-person course with Megan Teltner. When she runs the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, Academy of Culinary Nutrition. That was really cool because we got to go in person and she taught us about eating holistically and how to have food that nourishes your body and gives you energy and just to focus on that whole food. And that was really what brought me kind of into that world. So I started to like, so I, I did have a little bit of that basis because I took her kind of cooking class uh, to do the research for my son. And so like his eczema disappeared at eight months and he's 11 now and hasn't had it again. So, and he's, and so we thought it was dairy and he still, he can eat yogurt and, and different things like that. But you know, you always kind of watch those things and be aware of what's coming up or what's on him or if there's something scratchy or itchy or whatever. But for the most part, he hasn't gotten it. And I really, truly believe it's because for the most part, of course, he's a kid, he's going to eat candy and all this kind of stuff. But for the most part, he eats a pretty cool whole food diet or real food diet, I should say. So anyway, so then I ended up taking in 2016, I took Megan Teltner's online certification program for to be a culinary nutrition expert. And that's where I am today. So basically, when I was finished that I took an instructor program. And then, you know, I've been teaching classes they started in person I actually had my last class was in 2020 it was in person January 2020 when this kind of thing was just at the cusp <laughs> and I had you know a full kitchen of people of women in my in my kitchen and and then you know I just went downhill from there your new beautiful kitchen all well, yeah classes you she even has the like proper equipment so you can like look down well right? yes yeah yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I have that. Well, no, it's not like when you go to log blouse or anything like that. It's like, you know, an overhead, overhead arm, but time. yeah, like I, like I got some of those things for sure. So anyway, so now, you know, I use those things for my online cooking classes. So, you know, I switched to online and I actually prefer online. I, I shouldn't say prefer online. Everybody likes to gather with people. Everybody likes to have people together eating, enjoying a meal. And I think that's one of the things that we were really missing in the past almost two years. But there is something when you're cooking, a, when you're hosting a cooking class, it's to me, I really, anything that I make for the class now is for my family. And the costs are actually kind of lower because I don't have to worry about charging like extra to the people or anything like that. I can just kind of charge like a little bit more because I'm using food that I'm just going to be eating. I'm not cooking for like, you know, 10, 12, 15 people. You know, we're all cooking together, but you know what I'm saying? So it is yeah, a lot well, easier. Especially because you've got like food costs and then you're selling you're selling spots to the class. Like you have to have the right amount of food in it. You don't want to waste and yeah. overbuy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I can see why that makes so much sense. Yeah, the, the kids' classes are so engaging and I love that you involve your own kids in them too. And I think, you you know, you just, you, you know what kids are going to eat and what kids are going to like. Sometimes. <laughs> well, my kids will tell me. My kids will tell me. It's an ongoing, like, lear- like somebody told me once that kids' taste buds change every, like, three to four weeks. Oh, they must. So because... no wonder we're all struggling. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, you've been, I'm sure every single parent has been there where they're like, okay, well, you liked this yesterday. Like, why don't you want to eat it today? Well, no. And my kids do not like leftovers. Like I'm the leftover queen. They do not like leftovers. So I can't like really put leftovers in their lunch and anything like that. So it makes it a little bit more interesting. But I mean, they like simple sandwich and veggies and fruit anyway. So it doesn't matter. But the <laughs> ongoing negotiation with my son is he's definitely the more, I don't want to call him a picky eater, but he's more particular. But the, he finds something new that he likes. Then he wants that all the time. And then he gets completely tired of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like, as he gets older, I'm trying to explain to him that like, maybe you shouldn't have it all the time. Like his thing right now is that he's on a shrimp kick <laughs> and like he can cook them. He loves them. But like, I'm like, yeah, but have like last night, have some broccoli. And so then he was like, he had shrimp and broccoli and rice. And he was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. But last week it was a plate of shrimp. Right. <laughs> it yeah. Was not take anything else from what I mean. <laughs> yeah I mean there are so many days where you have that right so you make a full meal and I struggle with this too even like doing what I do you struggle with it because you want them to have like a balanced meal at every single meal but the reality is is that having that plate of shrimp he's now realizing hey I really like shrimp and the fact that you introduce those other things like I always say put everything on the table like my mother-in-law will say are they going to eat that? They're not going to eat that. And I always say, don't ever say that to your kids because if you put that an idea in their head, like, why does she think I'm not going to eat that? Then they're, then they're probably kind of start to question it and then they won't eat it. Whereas I always just put everything on the table, everything goes on their plate. And then, you know, at least they can see what that particular thing looks like. Right. And then eventually like you happen to you, they'll eat it. They'll, you know, they'll try it and maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't like it, but at least they'll try it. Yeah. I With Mason, I think it's like, if you take something that you know he's going to like, it makes the whole meal approachable. And then you can add yeah. other things. It's He's more likely to try it. So that's yes. why I was like, threw the broccoli in when I was like sauteing shrimp and like hoped for the best. It worked well, actually. But and you should always have something 
like what you're doing on the plate that they're going to eat. Because at least they feel, I mean, this doesn't always happen, but at least there's something on there for them to eat, even if it's a piece of bread or some crackers, like it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about these classes. So if somebody completely new, like they've never done a cooking class with their kids or with their spouse or, or girlfriends or whatever, tell us what they can expect. Yeah. They're, I think a lot of people, like they, they get intimidated and this has happened to me too, where you, you're going to, we have these classes and you're going, I'm, I'm going to be essentially in your kitchen. Whereas before you were in my kitchen or we were at a separate place. So it intimidates people a little bit. And I always try to sell, tell people like, you know, I do want to be able to see what you're cooking. But so essentially what it is, is you sign up for a class and I'm basically cooking with you. We're cooking together. It's also called the cook along. So you're cooking to get, we're cooking together. We're cooking the exact, exact same recipes. I give you, a, you know, equipment list and recipe list and we're all cooking together. And so sometimes what happens is like the other day I was doing a class and, you know, we were making something with oats and the person wanted to use like, it was supposed to be oats and they had steel cut oats and then it kind of froze. Like usually I froze a little bit because usually I know right away, like, oh, just try this or try this, like, you know. So sometimes there's substitutions or something like that. And you're able to talk about it on the fly and work with each other to say, okay, try this. This might work or whatever. So there are substitutions. You never have to really worry about making it exactly the same. This is what I don't like about Pinterest. Like no meal ever looks like this. No meal ever looks like this. And it doesn't have to be to, in order to taste good and also in order for it to be nourishing. So we're cooking together and sometimes people want to kind of sit and eat together, but most times they just kind of go off and they eat with their family or whatever. I had one class where I was doing a birthday party for this woman. She was turning 65 and her family was kind of all over Canada. And so she, they, they created their own Zoom account. And so all went on the separate Zoom account after to eat together because that was what they wanted to do. So yeah, so we all cook together, ask questions. Typically they're about an hour 15 to an hour 30 minutes. I try not to make them too long. I used to have them two hours. One time I had three, it was too long. It's too long for people. (laughs) You know, you try to have it like in smaller chunks of time because of course people are giving their time to me to kind of learn about this kind of way of eating. And then they go off and kind of eat it. And then they share their pictures with me later or on, you know, Instagram or something like that which is always kind of fun because you can see what they do. And so many times their food just looks so much better than mine anyway. It's just like, oh, they're making it all fancy and like putting some stuff on the top. And I was like, wow, that looks really good. I love that. You you also are very good at not wasting food and like using leftovers. I like so many times I will open my fridge at lunch and I'll be like, what would Steph put an egg <laughs> on top of? Yes. Oh, I was like, I have like sauteed mushrooms and potatoes. I was like, I oh can put gosh. an egg on top of that. Put an egg on it. That should be actually my tagline. Just put an <laughs> egg on it. So tell us your tips for not wasting food. Like, you know, the, the usual suspects of like herbs that we thought we would use with the best of intentions, but didn't like all the things. So I just want to preface this to say I still waste food because, you know, it's really just hard not to like, but for the most part, I'm really trying to get better uh, or I'm really like, you know, getting better with, I do the exact same thing as you, Kirsty, sometimes like I'm looking in the food and the fridge and what can I make? It is a really different way of thinking. I'm going, I'm opening the fridge. What are the things that I'm making that I have in here? 
that aren't associated with a recipe or they're leftover from recipes from before? And how can I put them together? So if you have like a potato, like say you have one potato leftover or just like what you said, I have some mushrooms or I have like these little, this little tiny bit of onion I didn't use. You can kind of create like just even a hash or a recipe with all these little bits of things. Like my husband and kids probably think I'm nuts because sometimes I have this, oh, don't, don't waste this like little tiny, like half a cup of pasta. I'm going to put it in something. So, you know, for lunch, a lot of the times I take a bunch of different leftovers and I just put them in a bowl. A bowl is a fantastic tool to have because you just put the stuff together and you eat it. And a lot of the times people don't realize that like separate foods taste good together. They still taste good together. They don't like most vegetables taste good together. So you don't have to be like worried about, oh, I don't think that's enough. The only thing that's kind of iffy are, are herbs sometimes like cilantro. I've had cilantro in my fridge. So a really good way to keep cilantro is this is a big cup. This is what I'm using for my water. But right now I have cilantro, a little bit of water, a cup. I have a little bit of water in the bottom. I put the cilantro like, you know, like flowers. And then I put a bag over top of it, plastic bag. And I keep all my plastic bags like that I have and I wash them out. That might gross people out, but whatever. So, <laughs> that's what my mom did yeah that's totally what my I, mom did i try not to waste that stuff either or reuse it and so anyway so i put that they're like old bread bags so i put so i put that over top and that actually is the best way to save uh cilantro for example and so yesterday or this morning wait is it in your fridge or yeah, is it so it's in the fridge no don't keep stuff in here. the fridge like, yeah okay so a small cup with water in the bottom put my herbs in and then put a plastic bag over top of it yeah. in the fridge yeah and, and that keeps them fresh for longer. It actually keeps them fresh for longer. And sometimes you just like change out the water, cut the top, like cut a like a little half, half an inch off the bottom, just like you would do with flowers. Like mm-hmm. think about how you would do with flowers and then you can do the same with herbs as well. So the other way is to freeze them, you know, to freeze. Like I had a bunch of mint, you can freeze the mint. I had a bunch of, a whole bunch of sage. Like I don't even use sage, but I have a whole bunch of sage that came in a veggie box. I just dried it. Like I literally hung it upside down, dried it in the corner or wherever, and I put it in two mason jars. So now I have some sage, you know, that, and I'm trying to use it. I'm like, hmm, what can I, can I put sage in these potatoes or something? Right. Yeah. So it does take like a re jig of your brain to try to think, okay, what goes with what? And not to be afraid of it because even if, I mean, this is just me, but so even if something tastes a little bit odd, it has been very, like few and far between where I've just been like, no, I cannot eat this. Like I can't. <laughs> it has happened. <laughs> but, you know, even my husband eats for function, right? Like he doesn't yeah. really care too much about what things he's like. I mean, I need, I want something to look pretty. I want it to taste good. And it's been very few, very few times where that has happened where I've had to like say, no. Okay. So what should I be <clears throat> thinking? So if I'm going to put together a bowl, I should be thinking about having like a protein, Mm -hmm. vegetable, like walk me through how you would do, like, I I get that where there's like little bits of things left. Right. But how do I, if there's no, like, if there's no meat, for example, what would you do? Like, how would you make that into a lunch? So a really good thing to kind of get into the habit of is to keep things like, I really like, I mean, this again, it depends on your preference, like. But say, for example, you do eat meat, you do eat fish. I always keep cans of raincoast tuna in my cupboard. And mm-hmm. so the other day, my head, we had one chicken thigh left over. And I knew that wasn't going to be enough for both of us. So basically, we made a salad 
And then he used the chicken thigh and I made salmon salad. So like I just mixed up the salmon with like, again, some random onion that I had in the fridge or whatever. So I always try to have some tuna or something, not so much tuna, but salmon. We eat tuna too, but you know, maybe two or three cans, have them in the cupboard when it's fine. And then you're like, oh, I have this, this salmon. I can put this on my salad in my bowl or with my potatoes or with my mushrooms. And salmon and mushrooms that it would taste great together so you kind of like have to like and not some people think oh well i'm not good i don't really like canned salmon so you have to kind of put some things into it like for it to taste good too like maybe put olive oil i put olive. i don't eat mayonnaise very often so like i don't have it so olive oil and a little squeeze of lemon juice is so great with your salmon with like some green onion your onion and then you can eat that with some of the things you know other vegetables that you have in the fridge Another really good thing to get in the habit of doing if you really like bowls is to roast a bunch of veggies on Sunday and then keep them separate in the fridge. So if you have sweet potatoes or if you have your sauteed mushrooms or if you have even beets or anything that's especially local right now is so great in a bowl. You can just like keep them all together, but you could even keep them separate so that you can make different things. You can make tacos with your sweet potatoes or throw all those things in a bowl and put some even just drizzle some tahini on which Mm. is really nice yeah and you can also if you don't eat fish or even if you do eat fish or meat it's really nice to have a balance with your your vegetarian options as well so you can always have cans of beans in the in the cupboard like have your black beans and chickpeas are really versatile also. So you just, as long as you have like, you know, lentil, keep, keep lentils and black beans and chickpeas, you know, in the cupboard, have some canned salmon and, and then you can kind of make something or create something kind of on the fly and always try to have your greens. We don't eat a lot of greens right now just because it is winter, but, or not winter almost. But like things like kale and like hearty kind of greens like that, arugula, those are the types of things that you can just throw on top or sprouts are really fantastic in the winter months too. So what you want to do is try to have like a protein, fat and fiber kind of option so that you're, you're, you're kind of fuller longer. You're satisfied. You're not starving in an hour and then scarfing down whatever it is that you have in front of you type thing. Cause what we want to do is just balance our blood sugar for the day. And those are easier ways to do that to kind of build that bowl. Okay. Remind us of those three again. So it's fat, fiber, protein. Those are the main things. And so a lot of people say, well, what about the carbohydrates? Well, guess what? Vegetables are carbohydrates. So grains are carbohydrates. So if you, the fiber comes from grains, like if you make a big pot of rice or quinoa or something like that on the weekend, and then you can add that, those types of things to your, to your bowl as well. So fat, fiber, protein, always don't be afraid of fat, put the fat in there. That's actually the connection that'll kind of keep you satisfied for longer. Like even just drizzling olive oil over top is fine or your dressing is fine. Okay, that's good. Okay, so your meal plans, like I said, they're great because you break out the prep to small chunks. Like, and some of them are like five minute jobs. (laughs) Like you're making dinner and it says like, do this five minute thing that's going to help you with the meal for the next day or or whatever it is. So I just want to make sure that people understand that they're very, like, I think sometimes you download something or you get something free or... Maybe you invested and got a meal plan, but it just didn't work for you. There, I want to make sure that they know that your meal plans are very thoughtful and they're built by a mom for a mom that's <laughs> juggling lots of different people's preferences and lots of things and doesn't have a ton of, of meal prep time. So I love that about them. Okay. Well, let's talk about life, like business and motherhood. What 
are the ways that you are finding more ease and flow in your days? Well, it helps the kids are at school. (laughs) (laughs) I know. When this was recorded, our children were at school. Now, when when you're listening to this, we're not sure whether the glory days will be behind us or not. Yeah, it helps when they're in school. You know, the honest truth is that when when they were home, and this might be the case of this recording, you know, when it goes when it goes uh, live or whatever, is they might be home again. So the thing is, is that it's just really important to take care of yourself first and foremost. So I do not go to bed late. I do not. I stop on any type of social media for the most part after eight o'clock p.m. One hundred percent sleep is. The, the number one way to gain and maintain your energy throughout the day. So many times I hear people saying, you know, the kids are going to bed and now this is my time. And I totally understand that from their perspective. But I can tell you that if you give your time sleep instead of binging on Netflix or staying up till one, researching on whatever, you know, the, the thought of the day is or whatever, because those are stressful things too for your body. Those are the things that are going to set you up for your day for the most part. So going to bed earlier, going to bed earlier, waking up earlier, getting proper exercise, feeding your body, you know, nourishing food, not eating the scraps of your kids' food as your meal. That is not okay. You deserve to have a proper meal. How did she know? How did she know that that's a thing? That's a, that's a real thing. Also eating over the thing, like, you know, these are all, these are all things that we've been told it's okay to do and they are okay to do sometimes. But Mm -hmm. if we are going to be, if we are going to be, you know, with our kids and work and, and with stresses of life, like, you know, I'm part of the sandwich. Well, everybody is going to be part of the sandwich generation where my parents are older, our parents are older. So we're going to be taking care of them really soon. We have to be able to take care of ourselves first in order to in order to do that. So yeah, my hunt number one is going to sleep. Like I literally go upstairs at 930. So 930, no technology up in the room, no technology in the room. Do not look at your phone like when you first get up. It's just really helpful to get yourself for the day. I think I agree. I totally agree with that. And I, what is cool is the other day I posted something and it was like, do I have me time or yes. do I <laughs> clean the house? I think that was the two decisions. And I was like, this is me every single night. And I love that you commented and, and you were like, you got to get the kids helping you after dinner to do the cleanup. And I yes. was like, I love how you're so solution focused. And that's a real thing. I am trying my best to get right. them and moving and towards And that. it's not easy as a single parent either, for sure. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. it's all the more important to get the kids involved because you literally cannot do everything on your own. And, you know, we try to explain this to our kids too. Like, you know, they put up a really big class sometimes to do the dishes after dinner. So what I find really helpful is to have a schedule with them. And so, you know, after dinner, we we clean up the dishes and we put the dishes away and we do this and then we go for a walk after that like we you know always go for a walk after dinner but it's really helpful to have a schedule for kids and us too because then we're not like the other I'm trying to get up earlier in the morning I really like being cozy like in bed (laughs) and people who get up at five o'clock I'm like oh sounds good for you (laughs) I was like this my husband does it too right like I I think getting up at five o'clock is really cool for some people, but it's not my interest. Even though I grew up on a dairy farm, I used to be up at five o'clock all the time, like whatever, feeding the cows. 
But the thing is, is that I just really like my bed. But I really do see the value of getting up just like a couple minutes earlier so that you can have that time to yourself. So, but the other day, if you don't have a schedule, the other day I was like, okay, I'm up earlier. Now what do I do? And then I, so then that was the other day. And then, and then yes, this morning I was like, okay, I brought my journal upstairs and I did a little bit until the kids come in, right? That's why mostly I don't do stuff in the morning because they just come in and, and sabotage everything. Okay. You've also been like investing in your own like personal development and, and like you said, you're picking up a journal and things like that. Is that stuff helping? Like, what are you noticing? Yeah. I'm taking the thinking into results program with Catherine Parkinson. And I really, I really value, like I 100% was not a journal person before I started this, but it was kind of interesting before I signed on three weeks before I signed on, I I said to myself, look, I need, I think I need to start like being a, like doing a journal. So I would do a journal and I was like, just writing out the stuff of my day. I didn't really know that that was not a journal. That's more of a diary. Like I didn't know that there was a difference. And so now I find like actually writing things out, repeating things, like repeating things of how I really want my day to go. I mean, it's, I'm, this is still a work in progress. I'm doing this program for a year. So it'll be, you know, she says you'll be a different person by the end, but I find just writing things out actually really does help. And it exercises your hands. <laughs> We're so used to typing everything. I'd, I'd much rather type, but I do. You're holding like this vision, right? Like you're talking about your goals as if they're already accomplished. Yes. Yes. Right. And then there's like repetition in like almost like you're reprogramming your brain. Yeah. To feel like I'm so grateful that in my case, I'm so grateful that I have two children cleaning up their dishes. Exactly. And so it's like, it's already happened. I love that. And I love her. I love her program and everything that she said. That's really exciting. I'm happy. Yeah. You. you don't think it's like, you think at first you're like, wait a minute, this isn't actually me. So you do think it's kind of silly at first. Like you're saying the thing over and over again, or you're writing the thing over and over again. But I do find it has helped me understand why I'm acting a certain way. I have a very short temper. I used to. I do. I love it. I did. I do. I do. I do. I do. I don't. I don't. I'm very patient. I'm a very patient mom. That's what I have to say to myself all the time. And I find when you write those things out, you kind of, in the midst of it, understand better what's Mm -hmm. happening. So Mm -hmm. you're just like, okay, why am I acting this way? Like, I have to leave the room. I have to do this. I have to just freeze. You know, my essential oils I love, like, you know, as you know, you know all about that. And even just before this, you put some on and you're like, okay, I just need to calm down. Like, just calm the nerves, right? So I use a lot of those for that. And yeah, it just kind of, the journaling, I really think opens your mind to things that you just didn't really know was there. Like, Mm -hmm. you're asking your questions and you're like, things. you're writing things down that you didn't even, you weren't actually thinking about at the second that you write them down, you're like, wait a minute, where did that just come from? Yes. Like a subconscious thought that's yeah. just there or like holding you back maybe in some way. I love Catherine's journalisms. I don't know if you've seen these, but Ooh. I have her journaling prompts. Yeah. That's what and I've been using too. They're beautiful. And there's so many different like areas of your life. So you can get them for like career, relationship, purpose. You can actually get a box of all of them together too. And then yeah. what I've done is mix them up. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, then every, well, I haven't been doing it actually at night, but usually, you know, you just kind of pick one up and it doesn't matter. Like I, I had, you have to answer it. Like you tell yourself, I'm not going to put that one away. I'm just going to answer it. So <laughs> answer the questions. They're great. Yeah, I love those. She's I'll make sure that I include a link to where to find those journalisms in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. They're fantastic. 
So, okay. So we'll make sure that everybody can find you online and can find out more about your cooking classes. Anything else that you want to share with us that's coming up in 2022? Yeah. Like I have, so I, at the time of this recording, I have some cooking classes that are coming, that are posted now. So I have one in February. I have one in March and those. My 2022 kind of goals are to focus on really helping family, like busy families. So my whole thing is helping busy families cooking healthy food at home. And so I'm doing quick and healthy cooking classes at home. So those are the cooking classes. Those are the focuses on those. And so those are available in February and March, and then they'll be continuing on. So those are now posted for registration. And then I also um, am focusing on really focusing on um, customizing meal plans for people. Because like you said, so many times you download something and off the internet and it just doesn't fit with you. And I have been many pre-made plans that don't necessarily fit with people. And so what they can do is come to me and we can get super, super specific about the types of recipes that you want. And so those are really important because, you know, I have one client and she is in love with them because every single thing in that recipe book is something that she and her family will eat. And she knows it because we have questions like I have a big questionnaire that I ask people. So it's an investment for people. But then when you really think about it, your body, like you should be investing things into your body, like for your body, right? And able to. So I have like four week kind of programs and also bigger three month programs where we work together, really specific fine tuned detail about the meals that you have and how you can get your kitchen in order and things like that. Those are available for clients as well. So that's the four four week or three month programs. There's two. So there's four weeks and those are, you know, those are four, four weeks of meal plans, super custom. And then there's like a three month program where I'm working with somebody super like one on one, super specific, like going to their kitchen, you know, whether in person or virtually whatever they're comfortable with and just helping them clean out their kitchen and figure out what to cook together, like teaching them how things go together, just kind of what we talked about. And how they can make meals that really kind of nourish them from the inside out and something that they're going to enjoy. Like I actually work with a lot of people who have health issues and who need to have specific things for a specific health issue. And so that's really important too. Like you cannot just be eating whatever you want to be eating. And so a lot of the times people come home from, you know, the naturopath and they have this big list of things they can't eat or can eat and they don't know what to do with it. So those are the types of things that the three month and four week program really help out with specific ways to utilize those things that they can eat into meals that their whole family eats. I don't believe in just doing like one person, like, so you kind of mix it together so the whole family can eat what you're eating. And then you customize it a little bit based on, on the kids or husband or partner or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I call it deconstructed. That's why I love things like tacos or burgers or whatever, because like nobody likes every single thing that the other person likes. Actually, last night was like very strange. Actually, as I'm thinking about this, everybody ate everything. It's like, that doesn't happen. But but I love that. Okay, the reason why I love how this works for people to find more ease and more flow, because food is such a foundational thing. When your kid's blood sugar is balanced, they behave better. When you are eating right, you feel better. You're You find so many ways that you can unlock ease because you might not understand that if you're eating properly and your body's feeling satiated, then you're less grouchy or you sleep better. And then when you get a meal plan that's like a week or two weeks 
being able to have somebody to kind of hold you accountable and figure out what didn't work and what, how you have to tweak it. I can see how having four weeks or three months of working with you could be really valuable for making sure that it sustain, like that it's sustainable plan for your family. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And even just like the, the ability to have you like zoom into my like cupboards. So this is actually pretty funny. My kids ransacked the cupboards last week for this like competitive you know, food bank donation at the school. Oh, yeah. And there was like tons of cans coming out. I was, every time I picked up their backpack, they're like, oh, I fit nine cans in my backpack or something. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, go for it. Then I opened up my cupboards yesterday and realized, oh, they're, they like really did a number <laughs> of cupboards. I need to go and like, I need to have the most boring, you know, grocery shop ever. And as I hear you telling me, like, make sure you're having things like lentils and chickpeas and beans and tuna and salmon yeah, on hand. And like, yeah, all that went out the door last week. That's actually a really good point is that people think eating food, eating healthy is expensive. It can be expensive. There's no doubt about it. But if you have a bunch of cans like at the back of your of your cupboard or, you know, certain things in your fridge and you don't know what's in there and they and then you're not using them and you just keep going out for like you know spending hundreds of dollars on each weekly grocery that is expensive when you could be looking and saying okay always on sunday or saturday or whatever look through your cupboards to figure out what it is right what it is that you have in there and how you can build a meal from those things and that's what they would get from working with you right we, those yeah tips or being able to like flip the camera around and actually show you and say, you could say like, oh, you're, I can see that you're missing like these things that will add a bunch of protein to your lunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And I've done meal plans before and been like super structured for two weeks. And then I'm like, oh, now what? Like, okay, maybe yeah. I'll make it again. But like, maybe there were things we didn't love or things that we did. I'm also somebody who loves variety. So sometimes I'm like, I need like a meal plan that's like 52 weeks long, but I love that you called it a recipe book because then I would still be able to flip through and make my week with all yeah. these things that I know they love and understand how, yeah, I love that. I yeah. Love a lot that. of people don't like the, the structure of the, so when you get it, when you get one of my meal plans, there's like a, a calendar basically. So you yeah. can like certain things on each day. Um, like there's a lot of people that don't really eat like that. Like it's just more like these are the options and this is the, these are the ideas. So you have a recipe book instead. But for sure, like I think that's one of the challenges with having like this really strict meal plan like that is that it's not really teaching anybody anything. You're just like, you're, you're coming in and you're looking at this meal plan. You're doing it for two weeks. And then it's the same as any type of 30 day challenge or anything like that. On day 31, people are like, what do I do now? Like, you know, you have to kind of go through it and learn and then you kind of, you know what to do next. But a lot of the recipes that I have, actually most of them, they all have substitutions on them. So, so for example, say you have like stir fry or something like that and it has chicken in it. It'll have like notes to say, okay, what are the vegan and vegetarian options for this? Like, okay, you can throw chickpeas in there. So like there's different options. So say, for example, you do have a, you do have a chicken stir fry one week. And then in two weeks, you do the exact same thing, but that time you throw in some chickpeas or something. So there's notes there always that are always included that you can make those changes. Yeah. And the ingredient lists make your grocery shopping a lot easier. So I think, you know, some people at the beginning of the year, they have like the best intentions to to find these ways to save themselves time or become more efficient. And then they don't necessarily know how to make those happen. I think that 
I'm glad that this is airing at this time of year because I think that there is so many ways that you can unlock just some more ease in your life from mm-hmm. something like it doesn't have to be complicated. And I think that I say this all the time, food marketing, like big food, the big, big companies, they make it seem like it's really complicated and it doesn't have to be that way. Like it's not, it doesn't just like our house doesn't have to be complicated. It can be super simple. It doesn't, we don't have to be listening to like all these different tips and stuff of, of, you know, advertising because it's actually something that can be simple within our house and, and customized for our, you know, immediate needs. I love that. Thank you so much. I love what you're building and I love your business. I love following you online. Make sure you guys are following Stefan. We'll make sure that we tag that in the show notes. And I just really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's fun. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life. <laughs>